Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, happy season of Kiak. Um, there's also another season, maybe a more like worldly season happening right now. And that's the season of college acceptances. So uh, a lot of my high schoolers, the seniors right now are, you know, yesterday or the day before I think UIC had their acceptances go out. And uh, if anyone has been through it, you kind of just sitting there and you're refreshing your email. You keep checking and checking and checking and checking until the email finally pops up. And then, you know, everyone is like sitting there very nervous and you click on the email and it opens up. And you're finally accepted and it's a very joyous, proud moment for everyone. Um, especially for the parents. I think, uh, I'm like trying to think of my parents' reaction when I got accepted into school and, uh, it was a very, very proud moment. Because, I think it's because the parents ever, like before even a child is born, have always been looking forward to this moment. When, you know, they decide to have a child, you know, it's almost automatic that this child is for sure going to go to college. Um, and they start kind of planning towards that. They start a college fund, whatever it may be. And they start working everything towards that education that the child is going to have so that when that moment finally comes, it's a lot of tears, it's a lot of joy, um, a lot of celebration just because of that moment. Um, everything that the parents do for the child is to prepare them for this one moment, joyous moment of being accepted. And uh, I think today's gospel is almost exactly the same, the Annunciation. Um, so ever, even before we were created as well, God had this plan in mind of our salvation. He had this plan in mind that we, as the Trinity, is going to have, give salvation to this human, this man that I'm going to create. So everything was arranged even before creation. Um, right after Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis 3, we hear God saying um, to the devil, He shall bruise, bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Knowing that Christ is going to come, knowing that Jesus is going to come later, at a later time, and save man. So today's gospel, the Annunciation, is that moment of when the email pops up or the acceptance letters comes in and you open it up. Um, it's that moment of everything that we've ever worked towards is here. Everything that we've awaited for is finally here. Um, throughout Old Testament as well, there were like little signs that God gave us. So we see in the Acts today that there's Moses and the burning bush and the sign of the burning bush. And later on, we see with Ezekiel and the gate that remained closed and Jacob's ladder. So we see different images, different signs that, you know, this student is going to go to college. This kid is going to go to college. The, the Savior is going to come. Salvation is going to happen. So God had this plan of salvation. It's our plan as well. It's not just a random plan. Yes, it's a macro plan for everyone's salvation. But there's also a micro plan for each one of us. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is this um, personal annunciation. So we, we see in the gospel, it said, um, you have found favor with God. Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So I want to talk about the finding favor with God to have that personal annunciation, to have that personal visitation, this divine visitation of... Uh, of God to our lives to be to change us to save us. Um, we'll look at three things today, which I believe you know could help us get into that 
found in favor with God in order to have that personal renunciation take place. The first thing is a life of surrender. A life of surrender. And surrender doesn't mean just um, not having a plan. Or it doesn't mean just, you know, going with the flow. Or just being like, okay, God, like, you're going to take care of everything. I'm just going to sit here on the side. No, that's not what surrender means at all. Surrender is mean means that we create a plan. We have a vision. And then we surrender whatever happens to that vision to God's hand. We're working towards it. But if God comes and interferes or pushes us one way or the other, that is more than okay. Um, for example, in the litany of the travelers, it says, Abuna prays, be a partner with your servant in every good deed. Being partners with God. Imagine going about our lives in work, in school, and whatever it may be, that little by little, every action we take, we're working with God in it. A very good example of this is Gideon. In the book of Judges, chapter 6, 7, and 8, we hear the story of Gideon. And you guys know the story of Gideon? The Gideon was uh, one of the judges, a very, very strong, courageous man. And uh, to sum up the story very quickly, had a big war, so he got everyone ready. He had like a huge 30,000 plus army. Everyone was ready to go battle. And they came up with a battle plan and everything. And then God was like, um, no, that's, you know, you have a good plan, but too many people. Cut down the army. So you cut it down. God was like, okay, great, thank you for that, but we're going to cut it down again. And it was like, okay, cut it down again. And then God was like, you know what? We're going to do a test. We're going to have them go drink water from this valley. And however they end up drinking will determine if they go to war or not. So he went from 30,000 plus army to 300. 300 people. I'm like, imagine if I'm, if I was in the army with Gideon, I'll be like, dude, you're insane. What are you, like, what do you mean? We had so many people who could just go and demolish all of them. And now you're cutting us down to 300. Like you just want us, it's a suicide mission. But that is working with God. And we see here that God's plan doesn't always make sense. They end up going to battle and not one man is lost in battle just because it was God working with them hand in hand. Um, we see also today in the Catholic epistle saying, um, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So we can't claim that we live a life of surrender, a life that is working hand in hand with God, when we're living day by day in sin, when we're going exactly against what God is telling us. I can't say that I'm living a good Christian life and all my actions are speaking that way when every single time I take a small action or a big action is going against God's plan, it's rejecting who God is. Later on, it's not mentioned in this epistle, in the reading today, but a little bit later in chapter 2, he says, whoever, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So imagine each one of us living as many Christs, many Jesuses everywhere, working hand in hand in God. There's no way we would not prosper in everything we do. If we're living just as he lived, there's no way we won't. This is where, um, Christ himself shows us the example of while praying, praying in the garden saying, your will be done, not mine. God's will be done. I'm walking this way, I'm walking this road, I'm walking this path, I'm choosing these options. 
but God's will be done. If he changes the course, great. If he doesn't, then his hand is going to be with me. Um, we see this all over St. Mary's life. I won't get too much into that, but we see it everywhere. So the question really to ask ourselves when it comes to surrender is, I am, am I working with God in all aspects of my life? Is every little detail, I'm taking his will on it. Um, I was talking to uh, a, a priest before and uh, we're kind of talking about this life of surrender and asking, for, you know, for God's will on hand. And he goes, before before my ordination, I would, you know, even to the littlest, little detail of asking God what to wear that morning. Oh, God, choose this, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he ends up going with it. But just to train his mind of always asking God's will. Then he goes, well, God ended up choosing the black for me. So there was that. Um, so first point is surrender. The second point is really and truly opening our hearts up to this revelation um opening our hearts up to receive from god now i don't think anyone did this as well as saint mary did um she uh when the angel came and was like you know here's your life course is going to change and this is what you're going to end up doing she was ready to receive she didn't you know she wasn't hesitant she wasn't anything she was ready to receive and what we need to understand is this annunciation, this personal message to each one of us will come. It could delay, but it will come. Before Christ came, there was like a, a dead silent period of over 300 years. Imagine 300 years of total silence. They go under oppression. They're getting beaten. They're going through the worst time ever before the visitation of Christ comes. Before this annunciation today, it was a 300 dark, year dark period. But when the visitation comes, we have to be ready to receive. That's why St. Mary said, I am the maid servant of the Lord. And St. Paul repeats, I want to be a bond servant of Christ. Allowing yourself to be in God's hand. Opening your hearts up to be able to receive that. Um, because when that visitation comes, when Christ comes into our lives, He doesn't just heal us. He doesn't just fix the problems. He doesn't just... You know, open up a door and he's gone and that's the easy stuff. That's the, the smaller, um, stuff that, that we're asking for, but he doesn't just do that. He's able to even raise from the dead. He's able to, you know, have someone that is completely dead in sin, no life, like a hopeless case, like no way that person would even step even anywhere close to a church. But God is able to raise that person up and give him actual life. Just like he did with Lazarus. Um, I think that's what the whole point of the story of Lazarus actually. Is that to show us that no matter how things get. No matter how bad they are. God is able to raise us. He's able to wake us up from our sleep. And, and to raise us. Even like you know his sisters were like God like. They had some faith. They had a good strong foundation. Like you know God if you were here. Like Jesus if you were here. He wouldn't have died. Yeah that's true. But now he is here. Do you not think he could raise him? And then, you know, there's like a, a fear of embarrassment almost. They're like, you know, there's a stench, like, don't open it up. Like, his, his body's dissolving, like, that's it. But even if there's a stench in our lives, even if there's an embarrassment of the sin, whatever it may be, Christ is able to, to raise. He's able to, to wake us up from this death that we're in and to give us that new life if we ask him, if we have that open heart, um, we can't be like Pharaoh. When the visitation came to Pharaoh and Moses came to Pharaoh, he was like, nah, no, I don't think that's real. 
So God gives him a sign. No, ten times. And finally he's like, okay, maybe. And then he goes back on it. We can't have a hardened heart. When we're asking for God to interfere in our lives and, you know, God, I want to be with you. I want all of this stuff. Great. Wonderful. Now it comes. You're going to harden your heart up. No, we have to keep an open heart that is able to receive. Um, if we want that salvation, if we want that personal annunciation to each one of us, how we will be saved, we have to be able to receive. In the book of Nahum, chapter 1, he says, Now I will break off his yoke from you and burst your bonds apart. The wicked one shall no more pass through you. That's it. When he comes, all of that stuff from beforehand is history. It's all gone. He comes and he gives new life. But we have to be patient and we have to keep asking. I think Mina's um, sermon last week was about just that, being patient, awaiting. And um, waiting to hear that knock on the door. Which takes me to the third point of having certainty. I don't think we're ever certain enough in prayers. I wish some of you guys could come into like a high school classroom and see the kids praying. It's always the same prayer from like second grade, I feel like, until... You know, I thank you God for bringing us all here today. Please be with everyone. Help those who didn't come this week, come next. Like it's the same thing. So we don't have that certainty in prayer. We don't have that power in prayer that we know that when we talk to God, when we speak to Him, He's standing right there. And we're, we're asking Him and He's gonna give. Like that's why He says in the Gospel, you know, would, would a person ask for food from his father and He'll give him a rock or give him a snake? No, if we're gonna ask, then let's ask. If we're going to ask, let's have that certainty that there's an answer. That he is answering. He must be alive to each one of us. Look at today's Catholic. Can we uh, pull up the Catholic epistle? Just the, the very first two verses. Yeah, okay. This which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare you the eternal life. God is real to St. John. He saw him with his eyes. He heard him. He's as very much alive to him as he was writing this, as he, when he saw him and laid his head on his chest. Is God that alive to each one of us? We have to have that certainty. If we look at the, the icon of Annunciation, maybe this one doesn't show it, but the, the icon of Annunciation usually have like a, a beam coming on St. Mary, because that's when, when uh, the angel tells her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of high will overshadow you. There's a real power that, that comes with it. Real power that comes. And if we ask hard enough and we're for really true, with ourselves, he will knock, and we will hear his knock. And then, all we have to do is just open the door. If he comes knocking on, on us, we can't be like Pharaoh. If he comes knocking, we have to be open enough for him to come and dine with us. And I always thought about this, like, okay, if God is going to come, you know, if imagine Jesus coming and we're having dinner together, obviously it's my house, it's my heart, what am I going to serve him? What am I going to serve him? And I think... The only thing that like I could come up with is here is a big dish of pain. Here is a side of some suffering. Here is this. Here is some of these problems. Whatever. That's what I'm sharing with him. What, like I don't have anything else for him to take. This is what I have. 
That's why he says he'll come and dine with us. He'll come and fix these old sins, these old habits, whatever it is, he'll clean out. All I need to do is to have the open heart for me to receive. To be able to say with St. Mary, let it be to me according to your words. Do you see the certainty there? Okay, great. Like this unimaginable, unexplainable plan. I'm a virgin, I don't know anyone. You're telling me that I'm going to be pregnant with the Savior of the world? Great. Let it be to me according to your word. Like, that that was it. No questions. She was certain that he was going to open. When when he says the word, he's going to provide. Always being certain that there's an answer. When That when you open up, he'll come and he'll dine. Um, a very, very good example of this, and this is kind of what I'll end with, is um, in the paradise of the fathers in the Bustain, we see a great example of this. One of like the, the biggest, most famous saints is St. Moses the Strong. St. Moses the Strong, this happened to him where he had to step up into that certainty. You know, he was struggling with sins and the thoughts of lust kind of come and take over him. So he'd go to his father and be like, St. Isidore, struggling here. And he's like, it's fine, go pray. He's like, he goes to pray, comes back. Ten times that night. Same night. He keeps going back to him. And then Satan was like, alright, I'm sick of you. Come with me. Takes him up on the high mountain. He goes, okay, tell me what you're seeing. He goes, I'm seeing the, the devils are fighting over me on one side and the angels are protecting me. He goes, okay, which one do you see more? Who's winning? He goes, the angels. And he goes, okay, go back to yourself and rest assured. That's it. Have that assurance that when I pray, when I confess, when I repent, that's gone. That's out of the way. Now it's time for me to step up. To have that certainty. To have that power. To not live just a soft life of... Uh, no. Have that certainty. Let's, uh, let's end with having thinking about how we can have a life full of Annunciations, expecting an annunciation through surrender, open our, our hearts and that certainty. And start from now, like start from this liturgy. D- don't wait. Have that life of surrender. Surrender all of the worries, all of the empty thoughts. Take those out today and start afresh. Start with God. God, I'm handing this all over to you. Here are my plans. It's in your hands. Let it be according to your will. Open your hearts to Him. Sharing, pouring, whatever is inside of it, so he could come and dine with you. And have that 100% faith, that certainty, that whatever you speak about, whatever you say, God is going to be able to come in to clean and, and to give you that new life. Glory be to God forever, amen.